When's the last time you told a lie? Emma saw her Easter basket early, and I told her it was not for her. Oh. Man, I should have asked them when's the last time your parents lied to you. I think uh, we would have gotten great answers. Question our parenting ability. Um, but it does kind of raise a pretty, I don't know, interesting feeling in us when we get confronted with that question. When's the last time you lied? I don't know, maybe it was something to a coworker. Maybe it was to a friend, your spouse. How about to yourself? How many of you guys this morning, when asked, hey, how are you doing, said good, even though you're not doing good. And I know a lot of you were asked that question, you know, four minutes ago when I had you greet each other. So I kind of set you up on that one. But a lot of you said good. And if I asked, how are you doing, really, you probably would have said, Maybe not as good. When's the last time you were lied to? I don't know. By a coworker, a friend, a spouse. How about yourself? And then it kind of leads us to uh, another question of. What was the impact of that lie? What did it do? Did it create shame, isolation, loneliness? Did it destroy trust? Were you kind of left wondering, like, man, how did this even happen? How do, how do I move forward? And the lies we tell ourselves are the ones that are most fascinating to me. Because of like just absolutely how nuts they look from an outside perspective. You know what I mean? If you ever watched, I don't know, watched a video, heard a story of someone and they do something and you just kind of, the idea kind of pops into your head and you're just like, what were they thinking? Like what were they believing that this was a good idea? I was on a job site couple years ago with a guy who made me think that all the time. Now, not about his work, it's about his approach to relationships. Now, he had this brilliant idea in his head, and you let me know if this is little bananas or not. So this guy, he had a girlfriend, they got pregnant, they separated, girlfriend moves to Illinois, she gets pregnant with another baby, so she has two little kids from two different guys, and she lives now with her parents' house, along with her best gal pal, and they kind of lived there. Now, this guy over here, meanwhile, is in Wisconsin, and he wants to be a decent dad, and I give him props for that, and so he goes down and he visits his kid in Illinois. Now, he would really like his kid to live with him in Wisconsin, and so this is his plan. He wants to pretend to be in a relationship with baby mama, that's, you know, his mama's baby, but the truth is, he actually doesn't really want to be in a relationship with her. He actually likes her best friend. He wants her best friend. But they can't be together for his plan to work because he's going to pretend that I'm in a relationship with her, 
So that way she will move in with me and her two kids, so my kid gets to move into Wisconsin, and her best friend will come, and we're all going to move together into my two-little-bedroom apartment here in Wisconsin. All right. Good idea, bad idea. Oh, okay, thank you. What was this guy thinking? What could go wrong? This is going to be like, man, this is going to work. And we're gonna, he's going to live happily ever after. And you're just, you're just, I'm just like looking at him like, what? Yet, we, we look like that. Okay, maybe we're not specifically caught up in a situation. I don't know, maybe you are. But we're not in a situation just like that. But we kind of actually look like that. We get caught up in thinking, believing, maybe even hoping in something that is just not good. We get caught up in a lie. And that lie rips us apart. It damages us. It takes us farther than we wanted to go. It costs us more than we thought it would cost us. So this is our brand new series called, well, Lies We Believe. And it's going to be all about lies. Man, lies that we're told Lies that we tell, lies we didn't see coming, lies that we know are lies, yet we just keep believing them anyway. Because lies ultimately take us captive. Lies ultimately bring death. And the lies we believe that bring death aren't like, the world is flat and the fringes of the internet kind of place. No, lies that create death. We're talking about lies that create sin, shame, fear, anger. Pretty much all those things that are against good or you know, really against God, against human flourishing. I said uh, back when we did our Pump the Break series, uh, a lie I tell myself all the time is I got to almost earn God's, like, uh, approval. I got to do stuff for God, and I run around like a maniac all the time because I think I have to earn God's, I don't know, uh, thumbs up. Otherwise, he'll be angry at me. I mean, and then there's uh, other lies. I don't know about you. Maybe this is your, like this, that uh, you know this isn't true, but you believe it, that um, like tearing up, being broken, being emotionally vulnerable is bad. And people are going to use that against me. So I like put up the barrier, put up the wall, even to the people closest to me. I fall for it time and time again. What lie do you fall for? What drives you into isolation? And you know what it is. You see it all the time. And if we're going to overcome this, we need to build a theology. We need to build a foundation of understanding lies. And we're going to need to start with the teachings of Jesus. Did, ever, did Jesus ever teach on truth and lies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Probably one of the most referenced probably up there in Jesus' reference material. And this one is just as twisted as the, like, do not judge one. I think 
But so let me know if you've heard this before. John 8:32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now here's the context to this verse. Jesus told his followers, his disciples, the Jew, you know, the Jews that followed him, uh, the people who believed in him. If you hold to my teachings, essentially if you obey me, you really are, truly are my disciples. And therefore, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you hold to my teachings, if you abide in me, if you stay in me, if you follow me, if you listen to me, you will know truth. And you will live in freedom. And if you don't, you're living in captivity. You're living as a slave. That's what Jesus is saying. That's a pretty important statement. And there's actually more to this story. See, immediately after Jesus makes this statement, which is pretty big, the Pharisees come at Jesus because they're a little pissed now. Jesus just stated that his teachings are true and therefore challenging the Pharisees' teaching. And Jesus is saying, there's freedom here. And they're like, that means our teachings are captivity or slaves. They didn't like being called slaves. They didn't like being called that. So this is their reply in verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Well, first off, it's called the book of Exodus. Like, I would have been like, what are you smoking, guys? The Jews never, like, I, I mean, so Moses is just telling Pharaoh, let my people go for no reason. God sent all those plagues for no reason then. They, they could have left any time. Nah. So I would have been a little more sassy. Jesus is a little more graceful, a little more, t- how about tactful than I am? And he explains what he means by slave, by captive. He responds in verse 34. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, slave has no permanent place in the family, but a a son belongs forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, Yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. So Jesus isn't talking about a social, economical slave, he's talking about a spiritual slave. There are such things as a spiritual slave. And Jesus tells them, yes, I I know who you are. You may be physically a descendant of Abraham, but spiritually, there's something different going on. Our fathers are a little bit different, a different family. Jesus is saying, yeah, we're both obeying orders. I'm obeying my heavenly father, and you are obeying your father. Hmm. Again, Pharisees don't like being told that, so they come back at Jesus. 
Verse 39. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me and a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The father, only the father we have is God himself. So that's like shots fired, like boom. Because that illegitimate children is a dig at Jesus' family. Because if you remember, the birth of Jesus was kind of a pretty traumatic event with Mary getting pregnant before her and Joseph's wedding. And that kind of made it look like, you know, Jesus was conceived by somebody who wasn't Joseph, which we know is true because she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But the Pharisees didn't believe that. They believed there was a different guy involved. So that's a shot. That's a dig. You just, this one after Jesus' mom. So a word of advice in case you were thinking of doing the same. Don't. Jesus responds by telling them exactly who their father is. It's not pretty. John 8, 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's what Jesus did. Mic drop. Jesus clearly draws a line in this. There's a difference between God, the Father, and the devil. There's two different kingdoms, two different families. There's two different places to belong. And this is one of the biggest foundation of lies and understanding where they come from. And there's several points that Jesus makes. Um, But I want to focus this morning on three main points as we build our foundation of lies. And let's start with the really obvious one, okay? Point number one Jesus makes about lies. According to Jesus, there is a devil. He's not a fictional character, like something you'd read out of, uh, I don't know, Harry Potter or something like that, just, you know, made up to scare people. It's not something religious leaders thought, man, how can we scare people into following God? No, Jesus actually calls him the prince of this world in John 14. Jesus 
was saying is that this creature is the most powerful and influential creature in the world. And you remember when the devil was tempting Jesus and he took him to that high place and he, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and he's like, this is all mine to give away and you can have it. You notice how Jesus didn't disagree with him? Jesus taught there's a devil, or in other translations, an accuser. Uh, and that's his first main point. There is an enemy. This is very clear. Second, the devil's end goal is to spread death. He was a murderer from the beginning. John 10.10 10 says, well, Jesus said, the thief, referring to the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Stealing, killing, destroying. That's the dream. That's, 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 oh my gosh, that's the vision. Life, man, we got to stomp that out. Beauty, oh, we got to wreck that. Love, we got to corrupt it. Unity, we got to smash it. Man, human flourishing, we're going to have to drive that thing into like tyranny or anarchy or just self-implosion, man. Woo! God is love and Satan is in full rebellion against that. Listen to what uh, John Mark Comer said about this dynamic. If Jesus' anthem is on earth as it is in heaven, the devil's is on earth as it is in hell. When's the last time you experienced the devil's agenda in your life? I don't know about you, but sometimes reading news headlines can kind of feel like the devil's like achievement list. Well, we got war in Ukraine. Human beings killing other human beings. We got uh, political strife, the left and the right uh, fighting for power and control. We got financial crisis issues happening all over. Mental health issues are skyrocketing out of control. Then stuff gets weird, like celebrities slapping each other and we can't stop talking about it for like two days straight because we're so easily distracted. And that's just a big picture. That's not even what's going on in your life. How about us as a church? You think we've experienced some of the devil's agenda the past two years? I think it's okay to say, man, we've had some unity smashed at times. We've had a lot of brokenness happen to us as a family. And it's okay to say that because that's not the end of the story. We don't just stop there and we can't move forward. Because we find healing, we find unity, we find grace when we stand on the rock of Jesus. And as a church,
we're going to keep standing on that rock. And we're going to keep fighting for unity. And we're going to keep abiding in Jesus. The devil wants to spread death. How does the devil do that? And this is the third point of Jesus. The devil means is lies. Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. Or in other words, the origin of lies is the devil. Who started all the lies? Wesley said it. The devil. Satan. It's his native language. It's how he speaks. It's how he operates. Like that is how he creates death and ruins human flourishing. So when we put it together, this is kind of what we get. Next slide. So there's a real, invisible war with God and all that is good. And there is a spiritual creature who's currently on earth and raging war. Okay. Second, there's the creature's end goal is to drive human beings and creation to death, steal, kill, and destroy what God has made. All right. So there's a villain. We know his agenda. We know his plan. How does he do it? Three. His main method? Lies. His primary attack? Lies. His go-to? His main spiel, his main shtick, the signature move, lies. That's a war. That's a war we get drawn into. Every single person in this room is drawn into that. And we have a target on our back. And lies... They're coming for me. They're coming for you. They're coming for all of us. And lies, man, they can come at us daily. Sometimes it feels like they come moment to moment. And lies come from places we didn't expect. They can come from people, culture, I mean, yourself. And lies rip us apart. They leave us broken. And there is a war raging over lies. And that's what this whole series is about. Because it's way too important to ignore. We got lies coming our direction. The good news? Jesus said it way back in the beginning. Verse 32. And if you abide by me, or if you obey my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In this spiritual war, Jesus shows us our primary, the primary war against the devil, how we fight the devil is to believe truth over lies. Victory is following the good shepherd's voice. Death is following the thief's voice. Freedom is found in obedience of Jesus. Captivity is found in obedience of the devil. So all we got to do, I guess, is follow Jesus, right? Abide in Jesus. But the challenge is, just knowing this, though, is like maybe 20% less uh, of the battle. Because the devil's eyes are full of deceit. 
and they're twisted, and they're sneaky, and they don't stop coming. Even after you grow out of one lie, there's another lie like waiting for you at that next place. And they don't, you don't like outgrow lies. As we end, my invitation to you is this, to lean into it. Because no matter where you're at, maybe with Jesus, no matter where you're at with your marriage, your family, uh, your career, uh, your faith, it's the perfect time to say, I'm sick of these lies. I want to combat these lies. I want to hear what Jesus has to say. I want to find that freedom Jesus has. Because these lies are creating death in my life. I don't want death. I want life, life to the full. And as we continue this series, why don't we start right now this week and ask Jesus to begin to reveal the lies you're currently believing? Because I guarantee you, we all have lies we're believing right now in this room, lies we walked in with. So let's ask Jesus to say, would you show us our lies, Lord? In, this, this time, in, th- in your time this week, as you create space for you and just in Jesus, maybe it's while you're driving your car before you go to bed, man, our prayer should be, Jesus, reveal the lies of the enemy. Maybe reveal the lies I'm telling myself. Maybe they have been there for years, Lord. Reveal the hurt I've received from them, Lord. And in the name of Jesus, would you heal it? That's the journey in front of us over the next several weeks of looking at and understanding lies and how we, con, how we combat them and how we stay in Jesus. Any questions? I'm doing my best Pastor John interpretation. So he, he's more like, any questions? And he like stares you down. Yeah, go ahead. Amen. That is a beautiful word right right there. Amen. Keep going. Yeah, and that's why it's 
a war, it's a battle, it's a struggle. It's not just a snap of the fingers and it's gone. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Any other questions? So you're asking, really, what justifies a lie? That's a really good question. Uh, I'm, I have no idea. I'm not going to answer that for you. Um, but I, w I would say this, though, in answering the question, what does a lie create? What does a lie create? So I think the tension I think we feel when we say, oh man, do I lie in this situation to ease their pain? And essentially what we're saying is, I don't want to see them hurt because I don't want to feel that. Not, not revealing the truth. Not Okay, so you're wrestling with, if, you, if everyone heard it right, um, family dynamic. Um, there's a sad situation taking place. And so, do we tell mom the truth of what's happening, or do we let her continue down the path she's going? Is that kind of what I heard, if I heard you right? So the, the challenge is, though, um, not so much in do I tell them this just to ease their pain is really can you go meet them in their pain what is she wrestling with why doesn't she want to believe that what lie is she buying right and so that's that's the challenge that's the tension that we kind of take and I, I agree yes and there is a such thing as well there's not there's nothing ever that justifies a lie but there, on the other hand, there is like, where's the grace that's found in that? Where's the gentleness of the Holy Spirit in a situation like that? And that's where when we ultimately put our trust. That's where like, I don't know, I just trust Jesus in a situation like that because I am on a, I'm powerless in a situation like that. Rebecca, you got something? Mm, that's a beautiful word. I appreciate that, Rebecca. I think, I think we'll, we'll walk out on that. There's a lot of questions, I think, that keep coming up and growing once uh, we start really investigating what lies are, where they come from, and what they kind of do. And I think as you keep filtering it through, man, what is, 
the devil's agenda and how he's working through this. And as you counter that, man, how, what is the counter to that? What is, how do you combat that? And as we listen and obey Jesus, and that's where the whole lean into the gentleness of the Holy Spirit, man, what did Jesus tell me to do in this situation? Because if I have no idea, at least I know he does. And at least I know he knows what to say and do in a situation like that. So um, I'm going to invite Derek to come up. And we got a few announcements and a few other things. But any other, uh, I, I guess I should, say, I should clarify my questions in the sense of that's not going to take us into a big debate, but more looking for some clarity on something. So I would counter that with this. Is grace, without, is grace without truth really grace? But then is truth without grace really truth? Oops, what? Exactly. They're actually, they come together in a moment like that. Yeah, Chris. Matt, that is a really, man, I don't know. That's a, you got me. So, that's really good. All right, Matt, last one. good. All right. Well, let me pray for us real quick, and then I'm going to invite Derek to come up uh, and wrap us up. Uh, Lord, we need you. We need your fullness of grace and truth in our lives, because there's so many circumstances and situations, Lord, we don't understand what to do, what to say, how to say it. Lord, in this uh, confusion of what lies can do, what they bring, the destruction they cause, Lord. I pray that you would give us a mind of clarity, Lord. I pray that you would give us a spirit of peace as we enter into these challenging, different situations, Lord. I pray that we would have a grace for one another, Lord, as we navigate this, and that uh, we would create space for the Holy Spirit to move and work in us and through us, Lord. Uh, we're so grateful, the Lord, that we actually have your Son, Jesus, the truth, Lord that we don't have to get lost and we're not captive forever, Lord, by the lies of the devil, Lord, but we have freedom, we have victory, 
we have new life, Lord, because of your son. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.